to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. All right, welcome to new episode of Yoshiden. I don't know why I always say that. Um, episode 148. <laughs> I'm here with Rosie Tran and a um, couple. Rosie, do you have, first of all, do you have anything to promote? I guess your podcast, right? Yeah, check Let's out. Let's do it in the beginning and, and because I might forget and do it in the end. <laughs> so, so tell everyone about your great podcast. Check out Out of the Box Podcast. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And we have a bunch of interesting guests. You guys can check out. Check out some of the older episodes because sometimes when I put new, newer ones out, they push the old episodes behind. And I know I have a couple... Um, fans who are listening and catching up on the older ones and they're like oh i missed this one or i missed that one but i think the last guest i had was um, another tranny <laughs> so that's always you got a female transgender person yeah i've had a couple i've had like three on the show i think which one do i know are they in porn um i didn't know about this yeah i've had a couple uh i think the last one i had was yasmin lee oh i recognize her she was in the hangover three i think yeah playing um the Thai tranny so check her out how did you find her actually did you call Jim Norton <laughs> <laughs> actually I think she approached me about being on the show so she did I think so I think she did how did she know about you um apparently there's not that many Asian podcasters I was actually approached pro- I'm shocked I haven't been approached I was approached by another Asian um actor but his um, PR people were such a-holes that I actually turned them down. Okay. <laughs> so I've been approached by a couple Asian-American um, people because I have a, I'm Asian <laughs> and I have a lot of Asian guests. Funny, I have not. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to be associated with you, Yoshi, too too much. Um, I'm going to mention a couple of things. But first, I, I have to tell people because it's been over a month and a half since the new episode. And uh, um, I will be joining my two friends, Aiden Riley. Um, director for Belladonna Entertainment um, used to be married to a great Belladonna. She's, if, she, if she's not the greatest, she's one of top three performers in adult business of all time, and uh, just amazing, amazing person, a great personality, and uh, you know she's just incredible in my opinion. And Peter Warren, who is still working for AVN, so follow Aiden Content Whore. That's his Twitter handle, except he spelled W H. And instead of O, he uses numerical number zero, R-E, content whore. And Peter Warren, P-E-T-E-R-W-A-R-R-E-N. And uh, I'll be joining their podcast, our podcast, The Irrelevant Three, from May 21st. Um, I think it will be on YouTube and podcast uh, format as well. So that's one. I'm helping my friend uh, Angie Crum, Jonathan Branstein, and Randy Puga's new comedy show every month starting May 10th every Tuesday at Palm Tree and that's on 3240 Walshire Boulevard and number 401 and um, it's in Palm Tree LA in K-Town every Tuesday from May 10th so there'll be three or four different comedians and of course we're very happy to say Rosie will be part of that um, hosting and hopefully uh, featuring and doing other good shows and she'll be perfect, just like Aiko Tanaka and hopefully Istra Cool and people like that. 
because after all, it is in K Town. <laughs> and um, <laughs> May 5th, I'll be in Sacramento. Uh, Laughs Unlimited, 8 p.m. The name of the show is There Goes the Neighborhood, 8 p.m. show. I'll be doing that. And I don't know why I'm saying backward. April 25th through May 1st, I'll be in Las Vegas. Uh, for Yoshi's Palm Tree, a karaoke bar. Yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> we are, they're using them like a one big room, hold up to like 60 to 70 people. And um, I'm helping them, but it's their room. Um, I'm not putting any money or anything like that. So anyway, April 25th, May 1st, Las Vegas Live Comedy Club. I'm opening for Edwin San Juan at Planet Hollywood. So that's about it. This is episode 148. I might cheat and make this like part two or part three. Maybe have a Rosie again because I'm trying to read that book, American Girls by Nancy Josell, um, maybe in two weeks. But in between, maybe I interview Eichel. So possibly three-parter for episode 148. I'm doing one big one, episode 149 by myself. And finally 150, the last episode, and uh, I'm done with mine. So um, thanks for doing it. But I, I, I have to say a couple of things. There are certain comedians we respect, too, and we'll talk about Gary Shanley uh, next. But first, I was having a meeting with Aiden Riley and uh, Peter Warren about this. Uh, it's a heavy emphasis in adult business because they've been in business, and I know them from adult business. But And you've been in the business? Uh, <clears throat> I have, I've been out of it before, but I do miss talking to those guys. But it will be heavily emphasis in adult business, but I think we're also going to talk about things outside of it like video games cosplay manga and other stuff that stuff that we shouldn't be into because we're in the mid to late 40s some of us <laughs> but we don't want to grow up so i don't think anyone could accuse you of growing up yoshi yeah <laughs> so that that's that but anyway when we were having meeting in sherman oaks at pizza parlor and who guess who walked up to me always showing his class a talent and just a wonderful human being, uh, Randall Park from uh, oh. uh, 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 Fresh Off the Boat. And Randall's of very classy. I saw him at the Target a couple weeks ago. And, um, of course, you saw him interview playing uh, Kim Jong-un. So he, he just walked up to me. He was very kind. You know, Dr. Ken, Randall is such a great guy. It's even possible that he's a notch above niceness with Ken. Because I don't know Ken, but he's always been classy. But those two guys... Unbelievable, talented, kind, and I saw him with his wife, and he didn't introduce me to his wife because why would you? <laughs> and uh, she's, she's she's a beautiful, classy lady with her beautiful child. And, she's an uh, actress too, and pretty successful too. They're very, very nice, and uh, it's I, I'm, I'm and you know I didn't realize my hair's my hair. You know when you're losing your hair, you, I can't put mousse like the way I used to when I was in my twenties <laughs> and thirties. So I just don't do anything because that kind of make me a little younger. But sometimes when I put my hand and take it off, it looks like a fucking one of those Chinese bird's nest suit. <laughs> so I'm walking around with this crazy hair, but still Rand, Randall was kind enough to walk up and say hello and walk up to me before he left. He, he was he just a class and incredibly talented actor, stand-up comic, and uh, I'm just happy that uh, he's playing my friend Eddie you know Eddie for the fresh after boat. So no, what, see, a great play, guy. He plays Eddie's dad. Oh, that's right. Sorry, sorry. He plays Eddie's dad. He plays Eddie's played by the little by the uh, little boy yeah. by um. And he, Jeff and, Jeff uh, Yangson Jeff Yangson. Yeah, and because the the kid who the dad of the kid real dad 
writes for Wall Street Journal reviewing movies and TV stuff, right? Yes, yeah. and he also wrote an article about me, Yoshi, in 2006. See, look at how far he went. <laughs> <laughs> look how far he's gone, and look how... I feel like you only have me on your podcast because I laugh at your silly Asian jokes. So, yes. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I saw Randall, um, just classy guy. I'm very happy for him. And, you know, it's it's like, let's be honest, when... when Reputation really matters, and if if you hear things sifting over by certain people, it's because a lot of it is probably true. You know, he's a really good guy. I'm glad the show is doing well. Too. Oh yeah, I, I want him all the success. He he, a uh, tremendous actor, and um, very happy. But, but anyway, I was very happy that he didn't forget about me because he used to do shows years ago. Oh yeah, great. And Dr. Ken is too. I mean, he's just they're just a classy people, so um, talented. Um, yesterday. Uh, Gareth Chandling passed away. Very sad. Very, very sad. talented guy. By the way, all the reports say they don't know the reason. Was it heart attack? Heart. Okay. Okay. Got it. All the reports I saw at the time said undisclosed reason. Yeah. So, did you ever meet him? I did meet Gary Chandling once, but I can't remember. I think it was at a taping for something. Um. What was that show that had four comedians? Who's with that? Paul, Paul Provenza. Provenza. Yeah. Paul Provenza. I met him there. Okay. I met him there, and I met Richard Belzer there. And um, I can't remember. Is Richard Belzer still alive? Oh, he I don't know. Away. I think Richard Belzer is still alive. Okay. Um, Richard Belzer had his dog with him, and I held his dog and and um, petted his dog. <laughs> Did you have a chance to talk to uh, Gary Shandling? I think just for two seconds, but um, I didn't. I didn't know the guy. I just met him briefly. I'm 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 very grateful because I, I like that this particular podcast still doesn't exist because of all the drama in like seven eight months. But uh, Bill Simmons' BS report. I remember one time he was talking to I can't remember who he was talking to, but they were talking about Manny Pacquiao getting beaten, and they were talking about that fight. And I remember vividly watched the fight, listened to Bill Simmons in his case. I don't remember who he was talking to. So when I met. Gary Shanley for that hour or two at the Comedy Magic Club because I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. I, I really love his writing and Larry Sanders show on HBO. If you're, if you're not as old as I am, <laughs> if you haven't seen it... Was it, it, Anna Sarah Silverman a writer on the show? Yeah, she was also a star of it, sure. I can't remember her being... I, she I was have, on it. I have a bad memory. No, but, but if you watched it when it was on, you were, you, you were Billy... How old are you now? 32. Oh yeah, I mean, you would you would have been, what is this? Like five, six or seven, I think. When it, I probably saw reruns mm-hmm. because I remember watching it. But we, we didn't have HBO, so I, I must have seen reruns. Because even though it was released on HBO, HBO never had ownership on it. So if you go HBO Go, it's not on. There it's right. not on there. So they just made it finally a deal with Sony, and it's going to get on HBO. But very sad, he passed away yesterday. And for those of you, if you have a chance, please watch his stand-up. I mean, Gary Shandling's stand-up was incredible. I love his timing. Very slow. and um, More like witty. 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 Stuff. Yeah. And the fact that uh, Johnny Carson loved him. And there was a lot of talk in the early 90s that he could have hosted. But he'd rather ho- do a scripted show about late-night talk show. I thought he got offered to host it and he turned it down. He turned it down. He didn't yeah. want to do it. And uh, I want to thank Comedy Magic Club for uh, letting me hang out and talk to him. And we talked about boxing. But I was so nervous because he's like, you know, I don't like calling people heroes and stuff. 
too many people do it, but boy, boy, I really love that show, and I really look up to him, and, and um, I wish I would have taken a picture with him. I just figure out next time when I see him, take a picture. But Yoshi, you've said that three times already, and people have died, so you're obviously very never bad did luck. <laughs> Joan Rever, I never met her. Stop I trying to kill all these people. <laughs> I never made a... Um, 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 God damn it. Who did he commit suicide? Robin Williams. Robin Williams. So if, so if Yoshi says that he wants to take a picture of you, but he'll do it next time, run, because run. you're going to die soon. So that's it. Um, Rosie... Um, you know, every time we have one of these things, it's random anyway. But let's let's talk about. Uh, so you move. We don't want to say where, but you moved to a new place, a uh, better place, interior, amazing, bigger place, clean, uh, other place nice. But this is like a bigger place, interior wise. It's just amazing, fancy. Miss, Miss fancy. fancy Pants over here. I, I decorated myself. We mm-hmm. renovated. It looked very 1990s. And we renovated per my um, taste. See, Yoshi, I have good taste. Um, did you sell the other place? We did sell it, and we made a nice amount of money. Okay, good. And um, the reason Yoshi's bringing this up is because Yoshi recently was my witness at Doggy Court. <laughs> Am I supposed to come here next week or something? On Monday, yeah. Oh, you need me for Monday. Yeah, I'll come oh. pick you up. Okay. I don't know if you want to explain... Your point of view of the doggy doggy court, in case people are like, "What is she talking?" Well, okay, about? can I? I'll say in a way, you correct me if okay. I'm doing it. You tell the Yoshi version, and I'll. Okay, you. so I I, I I don't know when you contact me, but within the last month, you contact me telling me that you're having problem with your neighbor upstairs. I don't want to know her name, so let's let's call her Precious, right? <laughs> Let's call her precious. So anyway, <laughs> she accused of you and Andrew that one or both of your dogs are barking. And we say dogs because at the time, <laughs> there was a period, you did have two dogs. Unfortunately, one of them passed away. Very yes. sad. Very sad. Very sad. Um, by the way, it's crazy that you spend $5,000 in medical for the dog. Thank you, Yoshi. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, we tried to save her life, and she still died. She had cancer. It was Can you imagine if, you, if, if, if your great-grandfather was alive? <laughs> First of all, before she died, yeah. there was at least three different instances, podcast Yoshi didn't podcast listeners, where before she was sick, Yoshi said, how sick would your dog have to be before you said put her to sleep? Oh, did I say that? Yoshi would regularly ask me, what is the dollar sign for my dog's life? Regularly. (laughs) Well, obviously, you put a price on it because 5,000. Because can you imagine if your great-grandfather is here, he he was probably born in one village in Vietnam, probably lived all his life and died there. His land's being occupied by (laughs) Westerner. So... Not only does his great granddaughter marry to the enemy, <laughs> not not to mention to the enemy, but you when you walk in the house, there is actually pillows made of your dog's. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, can you imagine? It's like bizarre. Like, wait a minute, my great granddaughter is married to an enemy, and there's a dog's picture on furniture. <laughs> I'm assuming some Vietnamese people eat dogs. So like that would be, that'd be just like science fiction, too, right? 100 years from now, your descendant will be married to an enemy. And there's going to be a picture of a meal on pillows and blankets. And she's going to spend $5,000 saving the dog. It would be just 
Right? right? Yes. It, it must be Isaac Asimov because, like, that's a crazy talk. <laughs> I don't know what's five thousand back in those days, but that should be a lot of money equivalent, right? <laughs> I bet you your great grandfather said this bitch is crazy, right? <laughs> Maybe he would, Yoshi. But just so you know, there was no dollar amount. Actually, there was a dollar amount that was too great because my dog had splenic and liver cancer. Yeah. And the doctors suggested doggy chemotherapy. Yeah. Which cost thirty thousand dollars. And I in, in the microwave oven. <laughs> and I said no. I'm laughing about this, but just so you guys know, I'm a crazy dog lady. As Yoshi said, there's furniture, pillows with crocheted pictures of yeah. my dog. I love my dog, and I am still. I very, believe you. I'm still very, very sad about it. But I wouldn't even spend five thousand my grandmother. <laughs> Yoshi would beat up his grandmother for five thousand dollars, but um. So the price tag was apparently thirty thousand because they they said chemotherapy thirty thousand, and we said no. So we did the surgery, and then we tried to save her, and she still passed. You think the dog would survive if it was chemo? No. Actually, the reason we said no to the chemo is because doggy chemotherapy is a very low likelihood of survival Yeah. as well. We did uh, doggy cancer research online. Sure. So um, we just thought, you know, why put her through that and then she's you know she's not going to know what's going on i mean i wouldn't have said it at the time but if it gets to the point, certain point it almost becomes like it's no longer it's about the dog but it's with the owners because they just don't want to deal with inevitable ending of the dog yes. Some, the dog that you love you know so i so you know we anyway mm-hmm. so the point of this whole story was that our dog who did bark is it passed, passed away. away yeah and the irony was that she would bark all the time and the neighbor never, ever complained. Right. So our other dog, who Yoshi has known for seven years. Yoshi, have you ever heard my schnauzer bark? I tried to punch that dog in the face, <laughs> right? Like an hour ago, remember? Like a fake punch. It wouldn't even make a sound. And I am not kidding when I say this. Rosie and her husband could be sleeping, places on fire. The dog would just stare and burn to death. He's a very quiet dog. It's, it's quiet. <laughs> so the fact is this lady accused that dog barking. I could infer two things. One, um, that Rosie is lying, which I don't believe. Or two, oh, oh, three things. Two, she's lying. Or three, she actually hear the barking. But it's the same kind of thing when a, that uh, guy, uh, Berkowitz here, son of Sam, the dogs, you know, just imagine it because they're crazy. They're hearing stuff. <laughs> so anyway, Rosie told me to go. Well, so so we so we came home one night from a gig. Yeah. I, I was at a gig in Palm Springs. Andrew and I came home, and we had a nasty note on our door from our neighbor saying the dog was barking. Yeah. The next day, she came to our door screaming. Yeah. Accusing our dog of barking nonstop, and right. then she complained to the city and wrote three nasty letters to the city right. to the point where we were forced to go to a hearing a doggy court hearing with so, the city and yoshi i called yoshi to ask him to come as my physical protection because <laughs> i was scared of my neighbor here's the thing i went mostly i want to okay so i want to i went mostly went because i want to support rosie but that's really like a 10 percent reason <laughs> But 90% is like, it's just funny. It's an animal court. You know, like, I just want to go and check. What, what is that about? Because I think 
You see, have you seen that painting of um, dogs playing poker game? You seen that painting? I have actually. Have you seen? Oh, you don't like John Oliver? I was going to say, have you seen the John Oliver Supreme Court doggy video? No, no. The re- I, I don't have. I don't have anything uh, against John Oliver. He just looked like Christian Man, my former boss. That I hate. He looks like him, and just annoying. To just have an annoying look to him. So you know, I just. <laughs> He has another. He's a incredibly funny guy. Just his face fucking bugs me because it reminds me of somebody that I don't like. Anyway, okay, so the doggy poker. So, so I, I thought yeah. it would be funny. Like you walk in, you see a dog. You know how those English court they have uh, judges with the funny wigs, the, wigs, right? <laughs> so I thought it would be funny walking. There's like like a white dog, like a poodle with a funny thing on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> and they have the fake hands like uh, uh, um, the insult dog. Um, um, oh, from Letterman? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, 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 Conan no, O'Brien. Um, yeah. Triumph. Triumph, Triumph right? Yeah, yeah. So it has a fake hand. So that I want to go check it out. So it's it's actually Animal Shelter. And when I lost my friend's cat two years ago, I have to say I, ch- I really changed my mind. People work in those shelters for the most part. They're incredible people. They really – they're getting shit money. And they love those animals, you know. But when we walked in, there was a gay judge. (laughs) (laughs) He was so gay, right? He he He, looked like one of those Filipino, Puerto Rican. He was Hispanic Hispanic? with blonde highlights in his hair. Mm -hmm. He definitely had blonde streaks and he was very sassy. Yeah. And uh, no nonsense. Would you agree? Very no nonsense. No, but he was not an aggressive no nonsense. Like, just like, oh, just, just give me the facts. You don't have to put anything. Just tell me exactly what happened and uh, make a succinct, please. And like, uh huh. <laughs> remember, she, the precious, even said um, the, the reason I call precious because she looked like Black Jabba the Hutt. So anyway, um, <laughs> that's my neighbor. <laughs> so, 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 so we it, walk it, into it, this room. We walk into this room, yeah. a small office with a. It looks like one of those interrogation rooms from Law and Order SVU. Yeah. And um, my neighbor came in. Yoshi came in with me, and the no nonsense. She, so she said across from us. She said across yeah. from us, and uh, the no nonsense sassy uh, judge was sitting between us. Between yeah. us. And I didn't really do it. I just sat there and like listen. You know, I didn't make mean face. I like. Yoshi was trying his hardest not to laugh, and after she. Well, I mean, it was just like. <laughs> and after she left, he did laugh. <laughs> but it's just so ridiculous. Like you know. Um, I know that dog is not barking, you know, but um, but what made me laugh, like even the precious even said, like, I haven't heard the dog barking in a while. Right. <laughs> so that uh, the gay just like, oh, this is great. So um, there's no problem. Everything's resolved. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Um, I, li- I like his voice because he, 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 he genuinely wanted to get comfort, resolution, want to be happy, you know, um, and um but she say her side, you say your side, ever make make a note. I don't think I got to say my side because she already admitted that there was no problem. Yeah. So he just like dismissed it. But following day, she said the dog started barking, right? Yes, the so, following day. Well, b- before we go to the following day. So, yeah. so the f- hilarious part was after her five or six total multiple complaints, including nasty letters on the door, yeah. letters to the city, she actually admitted the dog was not barking and she actually said she had no evidence yeah. remember he asked her for evidence and she didn't have anything no 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 she said i forgot to bring it with me yes which right. why would you forget to bring evidence to a hearing but here's the thing like um it makes me laugh because you could bring audio clip of some other dog barking but how would you know that's your dog you know what i mean like i don't want to sound like you know law and order and be a defense attorney but like well like that, that could be like unless you have a clip of the dog barking 
of, of a video of the dog barking, <laughs> right? It's like, how would you know? Like, I, it, it, I just uh, so crazy. And what's so funny? We just got over here. You, I didn't know you guys share garage. And I just saw her husband. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He had this such a loud motorcycle. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a more problem? It was so loud. I mean, it was cool. I have to say, it, it looks cool. It was like a Harley Davidson. Yeah, he looked like uh, uh, like the black Punisher from Marvel, right? <laughs> really loud motorcycle, but like people could have complained. But I, I, I know you, you know, and all the neighbors confirmed that, that they're wrong. Even the security said they haven't heard your dog barking. So it's just a mood cause. But it would be very sad if she had a mental illness and she actually heard. So if, if if she's suffering from mental illness, she she actually hear dog barking, then she's not telling lie, right? But that's <laughs> just a sad story. Anyway, so that was that was our experience. Yeah. And Yoshi was my my witness protection slash bodyguard in case anything went awry. <laughs> yeah, I was a Johnny Cochran, right? <laughs> By the way, everybody should watch the O.J. Simpson, People versus O.J. Simpson, whatever the title. I haven't seen it. It's great. It's really good. Um, Wait, so you're saying now that you've been to several different courts. You've been to animal court, and what are the other two courts you've been to? My uncle used to be an attorney, so I used to go there delivering paper or picking up stuff in uh, Tacoma, Washington. And I used to deliver legal documents. I almost get punched in the face because quite often I'm delivering. Like you would serve papers. Yeah. It's it's so unpleasant. (laughs) It's so unpleasant. (laughs) So, and, and I can remember one time that um, um, I worked for my uncle's office, like during the summertime, and like reordered those legal docu- uh, uh, documents, alphabetical order. And I was so bored. Sometimes I ended up reading those documents, you know, like crazy stuff, like murder, rape, and DUI, or. Somebody semi-famous in town. You're not supposed to, but whenever I saw something interesting, I, I read and like... <laughs> You're not supposed to, but I read all these private legal documents. <laughs> so, as a kid, like, I can't believe people do shit like they're murdering and rape or accused of sexual assault and things like that. So, you, you, I did learn human nature through that early 90s. And like in late 80s, after I graduated from um, high school working on Michael Dukakis' campaign, that those campaigns, man, it is terrifying. I was in South Central LA sitting up for uh, Michael Dukakis to show up and there was a couple of those anti-abortion nuts and when they were start screaming during Dukakis' speech... It was scary. I mean, I was, I was technically adult, but the anger that you hear, it's like those growl that angry dogs make. Man, it, it, let me let me ask you a it, question. It, it was scary. Like, oh my god, these motherfuckers are serious. I mean, they be- they really believe in something, and they will not. I thought he was going to shoot people. Let me let me ask you a mm-hmm. question about some of these people. So there's these protesters that come. Oh, here's Andrew. Andrew's home. Um, so there's these protesters and stuff who come to these. His rallies. name is Andrew, or I like to call him Digital Messiah because he <laughs> fixed my laptop. Um. <laughs> So you know about the uh, the riots and stuff at the Donald Trump rally, right? I follow a little bit of it. Sure. Okay, so there's there's pro Trump supporters, and yeah. then there's these anti Trump supporters who come to the rally. Maybe similar to those anti abortion uh, uh, protesters that came to the Dukakis rallies. What do you think is the purpose other than inciting a fight? Because what what do you think is going to happen when you go to 
a rally, political rally, and you're a completely against the point of view of the person that's there. It's but, like, um, it's it, like, don't it, you think it, they're doing it to cause problems? Even though it was South Central LA and people were against Dukakis and they're very angry, there was still a little bit of sense of civility back in that day. And you know, you're talking 28 years ago. You know, wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but I don't, I, I, I don't know what's the point because I think most people make. I think most people, unreasonable, including myself, they they make, they have a position. They make argument to support that position. It's not like most people like. Let me think. What do I think about issue A, B, and C issues? Look at all the argument for both sides, and like conclusion. Like after considering all the facts, I think uh, issue A or issue B. I don't think most people are like that. They they're in a certain position, and they make all kinds of. Uh, points to support their points, you know? But I don't know why would you go out uh, rallies except you, you're mad at somebody and you want to cause problems, you know? Like, I, you guys took me to Bernie Sanders thing, and I'm surprised he has gone as far as he has, but the reality is, unless you're idiots like watching House of Cards and you could go to do something <laughs> at convention, at this point, numerically... It's just not possible. I mean... Yes, but can I say yes. that six months ago, a year ago, nobody thought it would be numerically possible for Donald Trump the way it is now. Um, nobody expected Trump to go this far. Nobody did. But I think one of the big differences, Trump's been pretty much always been ahead of race. People thought other candidates going to, from behind overtake him that hasn't happened i think bernie has been always been number two right granted he did an outstanding job outstanding job and i think he means well and he's been pretty consistent and i think a lot of social issues he's been on the right side of history but i have to say even though i'm poor and i have no money <laughs> i still have to say some of the financial stuff he talk about i just I just don't buy into that personally. I just don't. Uh, but I think he's a great guy. I I think I don't. I I cannot see a scenario where Bernie Sanders say, "Okay, I'll be a vice president." I I, I think you know what would be amazing if Elizabeth Warren becomes uh, Hillary's vice president. I will. I would like to see that because I have a tremendous amount of respect for her. I don't know if I agree with a lot of her uh, position, but. She is a very principled person, and I don't believe Wall Street believe in capitalism because when they irresponsibly bid all the money and they fuck up and they lose all the money, they want the government to bail them out. That's not capitalism. I totally agree with that, and I've said that many times. That's not capitalism. <laughs> That's social. I don't put corporate. a condom and fuck around and have AIDS, but like I transfer that AIDS to somebody who is so sexually responsible. That is irresponsible. President Obama should let those politically. That would have been a bad thing, but economically, you fuck around. You should face the consequence of that. That's I how totally things work. agree, Yoshi. And I think most people do, regardless of whether they're on the left or the right of politics. I think most people agree with that statement. Basically, they're saying they're too big to fail, but you guys are too small to succeed. That's what they're saying. And I don't agree with that. That's not capitalism. I think Milton Friedman and Adam Smith would say if they made an irresponsible decision, they should suffer the consequence like everyone else. That's why I, do, I think Wall Street should be punished. 
believe me, I am a capital, full of capitalism, but that, that shit, that bullshit that they put in 2008, it's not, it just confirmed Adam McKay was correct in the big short. It's very disappointing that what Wall Street did in 2008 is very rational because in back of their head, back of their mind, it's like these bratty kids, even though they're irresponsible, they know mommy and daddy's going to bail them out. That's why they act like a shithead because they, they know they're going to get bailed out. Or, or, you know what I mean? Whereas my case, nobody, nobody's going to give a fuck. <laughs> nobody's going to give a fuck. Like, oh, well, you're going to be dead in the ditch. Nobody's going to come and help you. <laughs> so uh, Elizabeth Warren, I, I don't agree with everything, but I really respect her. I really, really do. Let's do like maybe 20 minutes and after dinner, come back. Maybe okay. a little bit more, then I'll walk back, even though it's, it's very scary to walk out of here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that's why the... Uh, oh, I mean, overall, I, I didn't think we we're going to talk about politics, but I don't agree with Donald Trump, and a lot of it is nonsense. He doesn't strike me presidential, but I have to say, if I take, if you, if I turn off the sound off, I have to say because I'm a fan of wrestling, he's doing a <laughs> he's doing an outstanding job, outstanding job of uh, 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 showmanship. Because this is something that Obama didn't understand beginning of his campaign. People don't give a fuck about facts. People don't give a fuck. People don't give a fuck about reasoning and being reasonable. He had to learn the hard way. People want to be fucking entertained, and and uh, Trump knows that. He really does. So all that guys like. Like Jeff, Kasich, right? Let's use Kasich as an example. Kasich seemed pretty reasonable, even though he is out of all of them. Not the most crazy one, but but, but he's a little no, crazy. But he seems reasonable, and he seems like he's. First of all, every single person that goes against Trump on the right on the GOP side is like, I don't want to sink to this level. I don't want to, um, you know, resort to name calling. I don't want to resort to this. I don't want to resort to that. Yeah, I'm going to be civil, and their numbers just keep shrinking and shrinking. Yeah. So obviously, sadly, like you said, the American people don't give a fuck about facts or, or issues or whatever. My asshole have more charisma than Kasich, <laughs> right? And, and, and compared to him, to re- all of them, he seemed reasonable, but he's not. I mean, he still is a little nut, nutty, right? But he's, he, he's, he doesn't have a personality and very low charisma, even though I'm not a big fan of charisma because Hitler... Chairman, uh, Chairman Mao and Stalin had a lot of charisma too. <laughs> it's usually is, is people with lack of substance, but and it's he's you, not. It's, he's he's not going to be win. And Rubio, I mean, he's such a phony. You know, even though he was young, he seemed the type of person like always want to be uh, 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 consulting, consulting him, like telling him what to say, like a market research. person? Yeah, he's like one of those. <laughs> Mr. Little Two good, uh, Two Shoes, you know? First and of all, everyone says Rubio is so young. He's 44. Yeah. And Ted Cruz is 49. So I don't understand the big, he's he so young, had, he's so young. He just he, has a young-looking face. Yes. He's not that young. I mean, he's not He's not that old, but I mean, Ted Cruz... He's the young, youngest out of all of them. He you know? is, but Ted Cruz is only a couple years older. Ted Cruz just has an old sourpuss face. <laughs> Cruz, Cruz is only... He's one year younger than me. But the problem with him, he is nuts. But here's, here's the thing. He's so fucking unlikable. And here's another thing. Get a hairstyle because <laughs> he looked like a fucking vampire, right? He look at, Have you seen his face? He looked like Eddie. 
Eddie Monster, I mean, no, Eddie Monster looked like a wolf, but he looked like a vampire. And you know those dumb movies from 40s and 50s, really bad B movie? He, he's so unlikable. And two, it made me laugh. He tried to hug his daughter and she refused. That's how fucking unlikable you are. What a piece of shit, you know? And two, this is the part that really annoys me. This motherfucker, in, when he was in college, he was playing poker game, right? He was down $2,000. So because he didn't want to pay in the college dorm, he got out of the room, went to the school, and snitched on everyone there. So everybody got in trouble, so he doesn't have to pay $2,000. He's a fucking scumbag. <laughs> I just don't, don't like Trump because the things he say, I don't even think he believes that. He's just a bullshitter and a con artist. And uh, to me... He really is the Lannister, right? He looks like a I lot. absolutely loved the Instagram photos that you posted with Hillary House Martell, right? Yeah. Um, Oleana Martell. Oleana Martell. Yeah. So, guys, go check out Yoshi's. What is your... Um, Yoshi Obayashi. It's just your name? Yeah. Okay, so no one's going to be able to find it unless they already follow you. <laughs> Obayashi is hard to spell for white people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's Trump and... Ivana and him as the as the Lannisters. Yeah, because they both have blonde hair, and they both look, have creepy incestual relationships. Well, I mean, <laughs> he's talking about her tits one time, and like the if, picture it, that you posted is super creepy. Where did you find it? Oh, I always look specifically that matches with the. the I had a picture of Lannister, Cersei, and Jamie Lannister looking at each other, and I had a picture of Trump and Ivanka looking one direction, which is instead of looking the direction of Lannisters, right? And but, then House Bolton was. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Yeah. <laughs> Very good post. Check out his Instagram. So, Very funny. It made me laugh. But he he, 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 he he talked about, Trump talked about, you know, if if, if uh, Ivanka was not my daughter, I would date her. Like, he's really creepy, but... <laughs> well, she kind of looks like the chicks that he dates. Yeah. He always likes the blonde, foreign-looking... So... At this point, unless something crazy happened to his health or something... Chances are Trump's going to be nominated. It's Trump versus Hillary. Uh, yeah. And it'll, it'll be very, very Let me ask your opinion. Very interesting. Because you know what? First of all, I'm not going to vote. You're not going to vote? I'm not. I withdrew my voting because I uh, did not want to do jury duty anymore. I've been called for jury duty multiple times. Yeah. And I personally felt that my vote did not count. So I withdrew from voting. So really, I'm a bad person to talk about voting because I am not going to vote. However, let me just say that I've voted in every election and I vote in every local election normally. Yeah. But because I have not felt like my vote has counted, I withdrew my vote. However. Um, Interesting. This is, because this is the first vote on voting, legitimate vote in 20 years. Because last three votes when I handed in the ballot, I, I, didn't, I, I forgot to sign it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't put a postage or something. You know, there's a like, problem and whatnot. I usually do vote vote by mail as well. But I, I'm going to go vote. And if it's between those two, well, I don't think it really matters because I don't I don't see a, a scenario. I still have a hard time believing Trump could win California. Okay, so, well, let me, let me mm -hmm. say my point. So, anyway, I am um, morally on the left, realistically on the more libertarian. Is my point is my point of view? Sure. Even though I consider myself more of an independent, I morally support Bernie, but I don't think he'll win. I'm okay with Hillary. I like her, but I want to ask you because I just feel that there is a tidal wave of 
angry anti-Hillary hatred on the internet and yeah. just around. And I feel like she is like the Dane Cook of politics because I feel like people just hate her to hate her and I really don't yeah she's really awkward she has no charisma but I think she's a good politician I don't do you, get do you think people hate her more than they hate Trump I think that the people that hate Hillary really hate Hillary and when I ask them why they yeah. hate Hillary the people that I've met that hate Hillary yeah. they start going off on tirades about things that don't make sense to me it's kind of like the illegal immigration issue I just don't get it I don't under I'm not here's the thing first of all Illegal immigration has dropped quite a bit, and more less people, are, less Mexicans are coming to this country because economy is not that good over here. <laughs> for what it, compared to what it was in like mid two thousands. Well, let me tell you mm-hmm. why I don't understand the illegal immigration issue. I understand the issues. Yes, I'm not retarded. I I get them. But anytime I ask someone, right, who is my friend, okay, who is of Hispanic origin, right, about the illegal immigration issue. Right. They're so emotional that they just start screaming about how the whole system is racist and blah, 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 and they don't give me any facts. So I've yet to met a person right. who is for amnesty or for legalization mm-hmm. that hasn't given me a f- that has given me a fact based explanation. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. And what is your position immigration? Uh, my position, a lot of people probably would get really angry about. Um, I don't understand it, and I don't understand why people can't come here legally. My my parents came here illegally. They and I have friends that have come here legally that are Asian and Hispanic. Yeah, you're talking into one. <laughs> exactly. What my best my best friend is Mexican, and she came here legally. And yeah. I don't understand why. To me, what I what I understand is that it's people that are desperate. Okay, I understand that. But why don't they just want to wait in line? I have met people that are legal immigrants that could have been legal by now. Sure. If they would have just done the process. They've been here illegally 14 years. Yeah. And it only takes 10 years to become a citizen. So I don't understand. And anytime I ask a Hispanic person why they're so against it, they just start screaming and screaming and screaming. Oh, so these are Hispanic born here. They're against... So, no. I I mm-hmm. have friends who are Hispanic. They're legal citizens. Yeah. But they claim that the immigration system is racist and it's unfair and they think there, there should be amnesty, yeah. amnesty for illegals. And then when I ask them why they think that, yeah. instead of giving me facts, they just start screaming how the government's racist. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean... Like, why can't they just apply? I had a friend who was a legal immigrant and I had another friend, actually the, the Andrew's ex-girlfriend, the person I met him through, who's a Russian stripper. Yeah. She was able to get citizenship. We had a mutual friend who was an illegal immigrant. We both begged her to just file her papers, yeah. and she refused to. And my friend, who's a Russian stripper, was like, "I, if I can get it, anyone can. Let me help you. And we begged her to help her, and she refused. She would rather be illegal because she was scared of deportation. But if she would have just applied, she would have been a citizen by now. That's what I don't understand. Well, it's it's... You talk in group of people who are desperate and they've had problem with their governments, you know. And I remember years ago, McCarthy Park. For those of you who um, don't know the area, it's the scene um, in Training Day with um, Snoop Dogg in wheelchair. So anyway, there's a lot of illegal alien people there. But you can buy fake IDs down there too. Yeah, <laughs> and drugs. And I remember hearing one time there was a group of either legal or illegal 
Salvadorian people, they got pulled over by a cop, and there were four or five of them. They got stopped by a cop, and they all start crying because the police told them to get on, on their knees or whatever, you know, checking their IDs and things like that. They start crying because where they're coming from, when the cop pulls you and make you do that, they're going to shoot you. <laughs> they're, going to, they're going to kill you. And um, m- most people who are desperate, they come from uh, places with terrible government. So fairly or not fairly, it's, it's, it's like somebody who was sexually assault and they're, they're timid or afraid to interact with other people, someone who's never been that experience, it's hard to relate to that. But don't you want protection? It's like, it's like prostitutes who are legalized. Because, don't you want protection because, from the because law? Because you're, I think you're very smart, rational, and, but I think if they went through this traumatic experience, maybe it's really hard to trust that, you know? So, um, but this is what I don't understand: is they take their kids here, and mm-hmm. then the kids are then illegal. It's not the kids' fault. Uh, no. You're four years old. How are you supposed to know you're coming here illegal? But that's not my my question. My question is: yeah. when I meet these people or meet relatives of these people, yeah. See, you're giving me a logical reason. You're saying they come from a government that yeah. is repressive, and so they're scared to seek the legal route. Right. So that's. A logical explanation. Not yeah. just immigration, but like even like when they're victims, they're afraid to talk to cops and things like that. Yes. They're just they're just afraid of the government. I yeah. understand that, and that mm. is a good logical yeah. explanation. Yet the ninety nine point nine percent of people that I've asked mm-hmm. don't give me a reason like that. They just start screaming that the system is racist and and getting emotional, and that doesn't help me to understand how can I be empathetic of your point of view if you just say the system's racist. Well, that doesn't give me any facts. I need facts. It, the government's so big, I guess sometimes they do things that you could construe as racist, but I think more than anything, quite often government is inefficient and you know because it's, it, it is it's full of people, bureaucracy and bureaucracy bullshit. they make mistakes so um, um, it's unfortunate but it, it, it's but do you think the system needs to be reformed, or do you think these people need to just apply legally and get over their fear? I guess it depends on who 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 thinks is what's the problem and and who's going to do reform. You know, it's 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 hard. To First of all, I don't think we need to build a wall. I think that's a waste of money. It's a waste of money, and I don't want to. It's I, a wishful thinking, and I don't want to keep people out because my parents are immigrants, and I'm okay with immigrants. And you know, everyone, you know, you're an immigrant. My best sure. f- friend is an immigrant from Mexico. My other best friend is an immigrant from Turkey. Most industrial countries. So countries. I'm okay with immigration. I just don't, I don't think we should build a wall, but I, I, we need to encourage people to come here legally. Look, here's the thing. P.J. O'Rourke says something interesting. He, he's a humorist. He writes um, a lot of pro-conservative points. But he said something interesting in one of the books. He said those Cubans that used to traverse shark-infested water to come to this country – you want people like that because those kind of determined people will do more for this country because when you're desperate, you're going to fight for what little you have. So um, and, and th- 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 sometimes people don't want to hear it, but like just because you're born in this country, why do you think you deserve more? Yes, and not only that, but... Who the fuck are you? But as you, you know, know, Yoshi, I'm a huge fan of financial independence and intelligence and i think something like 40 percent of first generation millionaires in this country are immigrants yeah so i'm pro-immigration what i don't understand is look let's be real the only reason the government wants people here legally is because if you're an illegal immigrant you're dodging the law and you're not paying taxes 
and usually you're 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 taking social services that's the number one reason that they want to keep track of track of you because if you're illegal you're not paying into the system but you know like people would say like they take jobs away but don't they buy stuff don't they get dental work they <laughs> don't they cre- I'm not saying they're taking jobs away I'm I mean, saying they're I, not the a, government wants to yeah. track them so that the government wants to track them for two reasons yeah. one you cannot become a US citizen or resident if you're a criminal right and two so you'll pay taxes into the system that is the two main reasons the government wants to track immigrants but i i think i do think they do pay tax but they just don't file taxes and and those are the people that government really <laughs> I, I i think that it's i just think there it's these things are misplaced because for most industrialized countries united states included all of them just about every one of them are having population problem which is Population is not going up; it's going down. There's one exception to that, which is USA. Immigration is the strength of this country. In industrialized countries, not in the third world. Third world—that's a problem. Yeah. But in industrial countries, so like Japan, right? So people can't—they can't afford to have. Yeah, there's not enough young people to support social security in Japan. Is that because correct? Because the population is going down. Yes. Uh, Russia is another one of those problems. So only way you could increase it that you change certain economic taxation policy or you give incentive to, to have more kids or you open the border. Now, Japan's not going to do that. Japan's not going to do that. And unless, unless the Japanese men and the government entice women to want to get married and have kids – their population going down, and it's going to be uh, it's a it's a different kind of problem than the one we're facing now. Um, but I'm, what I, the taxes I'm talking yes they buy stuff, but the taxes I'm talking about are the taxes that are supporting what you're talking about: social security tax, Medicare tax. You you're not going to be paying that into the system if you're getting paid under the table to be a gardener or be a uh, a maid or to be because you're you're a shadow person. Mm-hmm. You're under you're under the carpet. You're under the rug. Right. right, because so you don't have a record of contributing money, so those people cannot file for. Yes. Right. You can't file, but you're also not paying into the system. This is what I'm talking about. This whole fear of I'm going to get deported, I'm going to is completely irrational. The government wants you. To but you look at but you look at places like Central Valley. One of the reasons why we have such a fantastic food, and California is one of the biggest food maker, is because. These people are paid unbelievable low amount of money. We benefit from that. Yeah, but they have no protection whatsoever under the mm. law. They can get raped. They can get killed. They can get murdered. They can get their head cut off, and they're completely missing. They can get their body thrown into a ditch. And yeah. They have no legal protection because they're illegal. And 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 they still want to come here because the option is so much better over here than wherever they come from. I, I, I'm one of those crazy person that if they're willing to take a chance and come here – Welcome to America. I, I do like to um, – I don't mind sell, selling uh, green card too. If you have to have a shitload of money and you want to come here and put money in the business, welcome to America. I'm, I, I think – I just think it, this is just non-issue to me. I think we benefit from – maybe we should become a little more selective with who we co- let them come. But more we but have. But what is the purpose? I'm not saying no illegal immigration. I'm saying what is the point of coming here illegally? Just file your papers and you'll be a citizen in tenure. I've t- I'm telling you, Yoshi, I have met. I don't. I don't think this is like a. Um, I have lo- met. I don't think. I don't think it's a logical issue. It's just psychological and cultural thing. But I think. But why I, not I, have the government keep track of I, you? I, what I just, what I just, is the purpose behind it? I just think. They have a lot of fear, but here's the thing. So you're going to let your life run by fear? I mean, well, it doesn't make sense. When they have kids. 
when they have their kids, they'll be Americanized. It's more, I think, a lot of them sacrificing for their kids and working illegally and whatnot. But what the, one of the major benefits of those people working here is that they are able to make money and send the money back to where they're from, and people in that country benefit from it. So, or they have, or they have kids here who become citizens, and then they get deported, and families are separated. I'm, well, what I'm saying is that they're coming here illegally is in the wrong, and I don't understand the argument for it. I just don't get it. They're desperate. And that's the only argument then. Here's the thing. They're desperate. You guys are both immigrants, and I'm hungry. So <laughs> All right, give me. Something to eat. You guys can talk a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so, so, so I'm sure when you come back. Um, it's they're ju- they're just desperate. I understand why they come here because I've wor- I have so many shitty jobs in past where, you know, I one of the fish company I work for. I mean, literally ninety eight percent of people were illegal, and they showed up and took most of those people. But the funny thing is, they'll be back in a, a month or so. You know, so it's just a, to me theater, and no matter how you feel about it. Their option, whether here irrationally and not going through the system, they're coming back because the option where they're from is it's just. And I'm not disagreeing. The, and I'm there, not disagreeing no with anything oh, you're saying, not, Yoshi. Uh, I'm saying I, why come here illegally when you can come here illegally, have all the benefits and protection of the law. And when you say it's not that easy to come here illegally, guess what, motherfuckers? My mom was a illegal illegal immigration. A tur- you know, paralegal, They're, so I know all about it. I just think um, when you're desperate and... Um, but there's no reason to be desperate. That's what I'm saying. You I, can get a student visa. You can ask for asylum. There's literally a thousand ways for you to become a citizen legally. I think they're desperate because I think I think not everyone is literate, and especially from Central America. You come here from Central America. Come everyone from Central America. Say you're gay and you're being politically I, I'm, persecuted. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Maybe 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 some of those people should do what you're saying, but I just think I'm telling all of those people to do what I'm I saying. I just think <laughs> I'm telling all those people. My mom was a paralegal. For an immigration attorney, and if you want to come here legally, it's very. But Rosie, Rosie, it's not haven't that hard. We, Rosie, haven't haven't we all been in? It's not necessarily immigration, but haven't we all been in a situation where somebody else looking at your problems that you should do something about that, and you're just scared to do something? Yes, and then every single time I do what the person says, that's the good advice. I go, why the fuck did I wait so long to do that? Or maybe you didn't do it, and then like years later, like you feel like you should have done it. I'm just saying, everyone is different. When you're in that shit. Maybe it's obvious for somebody outside of it. This isn't just it's just human nature. Believe me, there's I have a lot of problems, and I should have done some some of the things, or I should have handled it differently. But I didn't. I I cannot speak for everyone. I'm just saying. I met enough of those people, and the people that I knew, they were scared and desperate, and they don't know what to do, and they're just scared. So that's that. that I, I have sympathy for them. And maybe they, it's uh, some of his irrational reason why they're scared. But the people that I remember and the place that they're from, it's, it's frightening because the, they're desperate to get their life. They just had to leave, you know. It's just it's, it's, empathetic and kind, Yoshi sounds. And now I'm going to get all this hate tweets on Twitter. No, I mean. It, it, all these hate tweets on Twitter because I'm telling people do it legally. It's not that hard. Not that hard. I guess it just depends who you are. But white guy. But <laughs> But be, be, before I go, I have I have to make. We're gonna do a second half in like five seconds. Yeah, but, but uh, let me go, because I, I will forget. <laughs> I was in Europe, and all this um, Europe have changed. This is the first time I've, I've been to Europe where people people 
scared in Europe because all these refugees, over a million people in Germany and things like that. And Okay, no, that's, no, that's a different situation. I'm talking about yeah, Mexicans but, in the but, U.S. But that, no, no matter um, how much Europeans bash Americans, whenever there's incident with racial problems, uh, we do an outstanding job. I've said it many times, assimilate people. But our good friend Vladimir Putin, a.k.a. Uh, Bruce Bolton of the real politic, the reason why he's fucking with us is because he was angry how we treated him during the Ukraine war. So he is, there are Russians who find him withdrawing from Syria, but he's killing rebels who are against uh, Bashar Assad and causing so much problem in Syria. So that way, all the refugees are going to Europe, causing problem for his enemies in Europe. So uh, Angela Merkel, uh, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful women in the world, she might not win this fucking election because of this refugee situation. So anyway, uh, if you're a fan of real politics, Vladimir Putin is fucking with Europeans through the refugee situation. So anyway, we'll stop right now. After dinner, come back. Maybe we'll talk about something else. And um, thanks for listening. You'll see, you hear listen to the part two when we come back. Bye. All right, we're back uh, from dinner. And um, once again, if I didn't say it, um, I want to thank Andrew for fixing my computer. Yes. <laughs> Asian guy asked white guy to fix it. So thanks. That, w- that was very helpful. I got I have a bunch of work to do and, you know, that's... Um, I don't need to have a brand new items, you know? I, like, I'm very comfortable with, uh, with the thing that um, laptop that Andrew sold me and it's working out. It's fantastic. Yoshi, so you never answered my question before the break because we got on a side tangent about politics and yeah, and illegal immigration. immigration. Um, I'm still curious. What is the whole anti-Hillary thing? <clears throat> let's let's try to put yourself in her, her shoes, right? She's been scrutinized for how many years? And it's been misconstrued. And, and that's why I think people think she's been not genuine or honest. But... So that's amount of heat that she's gotten over the years. I'll, I'll be I'll be watching. T- I think twice before I answering people. I, I would imagine. And so do you, so you th- the criticism you think is that she's dishonest. The, the Clintons always had that reputation. I tricky. Uh, uh, I mean, what, what's the, what did they used to call um, Bill Clinton? I mean. I thought Tricky Dick was um not Tricky Dick, but um, was a, Bill Clinton was definitely had the reputation like some not being honest. I see him as more of a weasel than she is because, I mean, first of all, who cares if he had an affair? I every single politician has an affair, and that's absolutely ridiculous that that was used against him, in my opinion. But he seems kind. I think uh, to me, when I see someone who's very charismatic, like Donald Trump or Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton is very charismatic. I see that as someone who's more of a liar. She just seems awkward. I think she's just an awkward public speaker. I don't see that as being dishonest. I don't. Th- I don't think. Um... I don't think she's honest like Bernie Sanders honest. Bernie Bernie is like, you know, been voting the same way and doing the same things for thirty plus years. He's Mister Integrity. I don't think she's Mrs. Unintegrity though. It's always easier if you're the person um, behind to make those big statements, you know. But if you're the front runner, you do have to watch what you're saying, I, I would imagine. I, 
we deserve the politician we get because we're at fault too. Because when politicians are being honest and saying the things that we have to do, sacrifice, save money, then they're not popular. <laughs> they're not going to get. They're not going to get elected. So, I mean, as much as we like to point fingers that they're phony or whatever, but like, who's bigger phony? The people who don't follow what's going on overseas and bitch and complain, but. You know, I mean, I think the pl- problem goes both ways, you know. But if if you put a gun to my head and the only choice I have between Clint and um, Donald Trump, yeah, Donald Trump would be perfect for my comedy business. <laughs> but I don't think it's good for country and the rest of the world. And um, he doesn't he doesn't strike me very presidential, in my opinion. So you're voting this time. I'm not voting for the first time ever since I could vote, and you're voting. Depends what I think is going to happen in California. But if I think Hillary's going to win landslide, I'm not going to waste my time. But um, if I think it's going to be close, I don't know why one, my vote's going to make any difference. But um, like I said, I guess it just depends on who gets who for vice president, too. I think it's a big factor, isn't it? If she get Elizabeth Warren, that I'll vote for Elizabeth more than anything. But um, do you think that there's any truth to the fact that people hate Hillary because she's a woman, or do you think that's just fodder for the political? I think they don't like head? her because it's Hillary. Because if Elizabeth Warren ran, I, I think that a lot of people will love her. She has a very good reputation, in my opinion. Is it her political reputation or her likability? Because Elizabeth Warren is a little less awkward and frumpy than Hillary Clinton. She's more. Let me ask you this: because because do you think most young women, twenty five and younger, what do you, what do you think most twenty five years old and younger women think about Hillary Clinton? She probably reminds them of their mom or something like that. I I think younger women. First of all, younger women support Bernie, which is bizarre. Well, I, I, demographically, I think older women remember what it is to be secondary citizen, and to some extent, things are better, but there's still problems, right? But I think they they tend to, I would imagine, support Hillary, but the younger women don't know her background. But I think younger women who who really think on their own. Uh, what's the thing that Ronda Rossi's called those women like? Oh, she, she has a really derogatory those term for women who depend on others to take care of them. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what the term is. I don't remember the term, but she made me laugh because she said like, "Hey, I don't need any." Uh, uh, she have a boyfriend, but she take care of herself. She works. She make her own money. You know, so that's why she was such. She still is. Uh, 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 role like gold diggers or something? Role model for um, young girls. I think younger women, if I was a young woman, I, I would look at Hillary Clinton and like, wow, she basically got into power because she was married to a right guy. And I think younger women probably if they scrutinize her background, have a lot of questions because some people might say Trump is sexist, but Bill Clinton have a quite a bit of questionable sexual behaviors, you know. Like Christopher Hitchens believe he raped that school teacher in the mid seventies, and um, you know infidelity, this and that. And like, why would a self-respecting woman will allow herself to be married with somebody like that too? So I think some people might raise that question. But maybe she had a reason to to stay with him. Yeah, that was a she wanted to be reason. a president. That was a political reason. <laughs> she wanted to be a president. <laughs> She's um, Claire Underwood. Yeah, 
Kind of. She's a frumpier looking Claire Underwood. So, I mean, I, I don't know if Bill is Francis, but I'm, 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 I'm not a. I will say about likability going back. Bill Clinton, I have to say, is incredibly natural politician. He he's, lo- yeah, he's super. He charming. loves people. He likes talking to people. I don't sense that from Obama and Hillary. Obama de- definitely have still that feeling like a professorial feeling to it. <laughs> No, seriously. When he ran in 2008... He does seem very professorial. I mean, 2008, when he ran, if he were lost, it would have been sad, but he would have gotten over it. He seemed like a pretty normal for president. Like, he loved his wife and kids. He's like, okay, I tried. It didn't work out. It's not the end of the world. I think I think he would have been fine. I think it was devastating to Hillary Clinton, you know? Yeah. And but Hillary doesn't seem like a naturally comfortable around people I don't think compared well, that's what to that's what com- I was saying she's very awkward compared to Bill Clinton Bill is just incredible that's what I'm saying though she's very socially awkward she mm-hmm. and I think that that aligns a lot of the Hillary hatred yeah it's not based on her political background I think people just hate Hillary because she's I mean why do people hate Ted Cruz yeah his politics suck he also opinion, looks like a vampire. But he also looks horrible. And he looks you, like a, no, seriously, you he's one year younger than me. You can't change the way you look. You, we talked about this before in the opposite direction. You were talking about your look. Friend. His daughter didn't want to give him a <laughs> hug in the public <laughs> arena. What, like your own family don't like you? How the hell you expect everyone to vote for you? But I mean, okay, so we talked about this before on another podcast in the opposite direction. You said your friend, Sasha Gray, who is very pretty, gets a lot of people say she has that bitchy look on her face. Pouty look. And she's saying, that's what my face looks like. I can't change the way my face looks. And Carol Niley have pouty face. Yeah. So Hillary is like awkward. She's frumpy. She, like you said, she's not a natural politician. Her voice, even her speeches sound contrived, fake, pre-written. And and this thing, here's the thing. I'm inclined to think she's probably smarter than Bill. That's saying a lot because Bill Clinton's a very smart guy. I think she's very intelligent, but I... No, but I think she's smarter than him, but she doesn't have those natural qualities that make Bill Clinton ultimate politician. Let me tell you something. If there was no term limit, I think he'd still be president. (laughs) You can't take that away. Like, Ronald Reagan had that charisma, but Clinton really had that people skill. Like, I don't know anyone who... Out of all the presidents, I don't think there was anyone like Bill Clinton. People really loved Bill, and he was very charming. And those... Those impromptu speech and the fact that he could now, when it comes to foreign policy, I don't think he could do. He he has nothing on uh, Nixon. I think Nixon's incredible, but when it comes to talking to anyone, he knows little about everything. No, he knows a lot about a lot of different things. You know. So I, I was just curious on your opinion of that because I've, I haven't. Ta- I've the only person I've talked to about it is my husband Andrew. He tends to think people dislike Hillary because it was. Bush, Clinton, Bush, and then if it's going to be, and then Obama, and then if it's going to be Clinton again, it's like too much of the same families, too much establishment politics type of thing. So he, that's what he thinks. But what I've noticed is that there's an angry, vitriolic hatred towards her when I talk about politics with her to other people. Right. Again, I'm not even voting, so it doesn't matter. And I, you know, the two candidates I like are complete opposites of the spectrum. I liked Bernie and I liked, um, Rand Paul, Ron Paul's son, but he dropped out. Yeah. So my politics are bipolar, but um, I just noticed that whenever people talk about her in the political spectrum, there's a lot of angry, like violent hatred towards her. I think, you know what? I think more than Trump. You asked me, you think she's hating more than Trump? 
I kind of do. Do you? By the people that hate her, they hate her passionately. It's been surprising to me. I I'm not surprised, but um, if I have to pick between the two, then I have to go with her, which is drives me crazy because I don't really care her care for her all that much. But eventually, we have to say like, okay, we have to get serious. We can't get, we we have to be serious. A country, the joke on us. It's been it's been very funny here, but when it hits first Tuesday in November this year. We don't want that guy. Okay, well, what happens? So a lot of people criticize Trump saying, well, he's friends with the Clintons, right? That's big, the big criticism. There's a picture of the Clintons at his wedding. Yeah, who to, cares? To Melania, yeah. whatever her name is. What if the election comes, Hillary wins, mm-hmm. and Trump, by the way, who used to be a Democrat, turns around to the GOP and says, guess what? I punked you guys. This was just a decoy to help Hillary get in the White House. Well, and you guys are so dumb you went for it. <laughs> and this is the Apprentice uh, version 20. <laughs> NBC's been filming the whole thing. You're too young to remember, but in, in the 80s, Ronald Reagan, uh, Ed Mee's commission trying to destroy porn, and people in porn business always thought um, Republican, conservative, Christian coalition is going to destroy Pornography, but it was really internet that they did it. It's always something you unexpected to show it, right? <laughs> so what's hurting Republican Party? Well, they've been having all these idiot candidates for how many years and how much they cater to those French groups and nuts. Well, this is the price you pay. Now you're, you're suffering Trump because you ran a dumb party, you know? That's what it comes down to. I mean, Because there's some points on the right, the right that I agree with. Of course, I, I, I agree on... on I, fiscal concern. I even agree with Nazis. They, they promoted <laughs> super freeway. That doesn't mean... <laughs> no. So, so fiscal conservatism, there's certain things I agree with on the right. Yeah. But they do. They do cater to a lot of nut jobs because that, you know, like the religious right. Yeah. I'm a religious person, but the religious right is like super cuckoo. <laughs> But you know how tradition, how they want it. Ronald Reagan, wink, wink, say all the things the religious right want to hear. But once he become a president, you can't give all the things that they've asked for. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So everybody thought Ronald Reagan was going to push the button and nuke the whole world. So even if you voted for somebody and that person won, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, you know how many people are disappointed with the... Uh, Barack Obama. I'm glad because that's what I expected. And like, they never do <laughs> stuff that you want. So, what kind of stuff did he do? Promise that that you're talking about. I, First I, of all, I think he promised amnesty to illegal immigrants, not to go back to illegal immigration. But he and he never did that, right? It's come on, just running for office like you're a horny teenager boy and you want to get laid. You say all the things the girl want to hear, but after you're done fucking her, you're not gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna give her like you're not gonna love her for the rest of your life or. Come on. Like, I wouldn't I, know, I, I, Yoshi. I, I, but I mean, really, you have to be a, you got to pick someone who's going to do least amount of damage to your life. That's my feeling about the whole thing. But you shouldn't expect government to help you with your stuff. I just don't, I'm just, I, I will pick somebody who's going to fuck me, fuck me over less. <laughs> Sorry. You don't like what I'm saying, but I, I really, I do believe that. So, um, I agree with you that I what you said earlier. I think that this whole political season has been 
entertainment. It's not real, right? What yeah. the real? It's like a a puppet show for the real issues. Nate Silver, who was right last two elections, almost like ninety nine percent accuracy. But he's been wrong about Donald Trump this election. So even the guy who is considered genius, and he is, Trump confounded everyone, you know? Because I thought, I thought by the time it hits April, which is, you know, next month, I thought he'll be dropping out. He's not dropping out at this point. <laughs> he's, I mean, the, the number in delegates, unless something really weird happened, like he got shot or I don't know, some, at this point, I don't see a, a situation where Trump is not nominated. But do you think he even thought he would get this far? No, because I, I told a couple of my friends the first time he went, uh, spoke and went crazy and how much approval he got, I saw a picture of him come look to like he's a... Like looking to the side like, is this really happening? Advisors, it's like, holy shit, this shit is actually working. <laughs> he's just so, you know... Dude, I think he did it. He's a good businessman, I guess. I uh, think he did it for publicity and then it went out of hand. Because he, he, he couldn't have lost no matter what because any press is good for his business. Even if it's lost election, it was a good press for him. Book tour, more money, you know what I mean? It's just like, how could he lose? It, it, you know, being part of a history and things like that. I met him at the Tonight Show. I, I went to Tonight Show one time. My uh, ex-co-worker, Lisa, her daughter's big uh, Jonas Brothers fans. So I know Jonas Brothers will be performing tonight. So I went there. I talked to their PR person. Um, and uh, she said, oh, let me give, me give me a few minutes. So I had a picture of um, Lisa's daughter photograph. She took the picture and had all the boys sign it for, him, for, for her. As soon as she was done, she came out of the green room. And she was ready to give it to me, and Donald Trump just happened to be walking by. He grabbed a picture thinking it was for him. <laughs> so she, so he's, that's really bizarre. Right? Like, here's bizarre, right? Like, I'm like 37 or 38, and I'm walking in like, that's really weird. Like, I'm old enough to be these boys' father, right? <laughs> so I'm getting autographed. All of a sudden, Trump comes from nowhere, grab that picture. Maybe he's a Jonas Brothers fan. So she goes, oh, excuse me, Donald, that's, that's for him. He's, he's here for his friend's daughter and getting an autograph oh and he goes that's very nice so she gave he gave me that autograph so lisa should know that uh, that that the picture that your daughter prized from signature for uh for uh jonas brothers it was actually touched by the future president of the united states <laughs> <laughs> but did you know that biff character in back to the future that yeah, character was based on donald trump oh he was yes the writer said so. He said it years ago when the movie was, yeah, this is based on uh, Donald Trump. Because, you know, Donald is loud, self-promotion, blowhard. You know, <laughs> just a big ass. Biff Doesn't is even know such an annoying character. That's funny. I didn't know that. And 10 years ago or 5, 10 years ago, Simpson predicted that he's going to win as a president of the United States. There was an episode of like that. That's funny. Yeah. He's just an asshole. That's what <laughs> it come down to. I don't think he's going to win, but hey, no one thought he would. I don't. Get, I don't know, but he, this is. No one thought he would get this far. I'm not laughing now. So, um, so that's that's that, and um, I guess you know we'll be done in 15 minutes or so. But we'll talk about American Girls. I will read that book. Hopefully, we have a chance to talk about it. I'm, I'm curious what you have to say about it. Um, I'm going to interview that dumb Aiko Tanaka, hopefully a couple of days. So I have three episodes, then uh, episode 149, 
I'm doing a, like an hour by myself. Then the 150 will be me saying thanks for everyone who actually listened to the show. And um, I still get people still downloading old episodes, you know. So that's... that's what, what is your solo episode going to be about? Just talking about sports and stuff? No. Something that's been bothering me for the last four years. Oh. You don't want to get into it? Uh, I will get to it once it's released. <laughs> and then I listen to the episode and you're just ranting about how annoying I am for an hour. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, episode 138, 139, 140, Rosie. Oh, Rosie is so annoying. <laughs> um, Something yeah. I've had to get off my chest for four or five years. I'm trying to figure out, it's, it's, do we have anything more to talk about? I, I think, um, what, what, so everything's cool with you. You moved to a new place. Your husband have a new job at a great place. And uh, but your podcasts are going well. Yeah, everything's going good. Check it out. I have some shows coming up but i think they'll be passed by the time you release this so just follow, listen to the podcast and follow me on twitter at funny rosie so um oh um, I, I guess one last thing that we should talk i did see your brother in france we oh yeah go. you stayed with him and um i'm releasing this sometime next week so within a couple of days so it's still uh, within I, I guess people are still talking about what happened in belgium um, the bombing of uh, can I ask your opinion on airport something and, uh, about the Belgian trip? bombing because I've yeah. asked a lot of people and again I cannot get a straight opinion um, yes so I get it well I'm not ex- <laughs> I'm just a former pornographer so <laughs> so I get it ISIS you know they're bombing the west blah 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 terrorism mm-hmm. what is the motivation what do they think is going to happen are they going to do they actually think that this is furthering their cause? Do they think they're going to bomb a city and then all of a sudden we're going to be like, oh, we're so wrong. We need to go and join ISIS. Like what? How is it furthering their cause to bomb cities? That I don't I don't even understand what's how they think it can further their cause. Um, if I was one of those, um, the Roose Boltons of the world, Game of Thrones reference, by the way. April 24th, 2016. <laughs> Who's counting the days? Um, well, I think if I'm in Syria and having problem fighting the West and we're getting targeted and we're getting killed, um, I would imagine I would take battle to Europe. I, I think the thinking um, is... If you're doing these kinds of things where you're killing American uh, Europeans, and obviously they're trying to kill Americans because they put a bomb, suicide bomber right by American Airlines, I would imagine we'll be will be provoked by fear to po- pass a policy that is anti-liberty and maybe uh, atta- uh, attacking or making Muslims' lives miserable in Europe. ISIS, or I would imagine, turn around and use it as propaganda to try to uh, convert more extre- uh, people to extremists, should use it as uh, propaganda against the West. So every time they do it, and I know it's very difficult, but we have to keep our cool, follow policy, that, and, and, and study history and see uh, what, what will make the situation better. Taking liberty away is not going to solve the situation. It's it's really hurting us. People. But don't you and think liberty has already been taken away with all these terrorist attacks and the extra security and the NSA? It's to me. You, I had, to, you had to do a little bit of balancing act, right? I mean, I, I think 
I don't like it, but having a security in airport is probably in the long term a good thing. But it didn't work. They had they had security there, and like you and Andrew were talking about in the car, notice was given about these guys to the officials, and nothing happened. So, you know, and how many we've had tightened security since uh, two thousand and one, since nine eleven, and the attacks still keep happening. So obviously, the tightened security isn't working. Um, this is the first one that happened at the airport like that. Um, un- unless you count the one in LAX, like a year and a half, two years ago. Remember that guy when they start shooting people there? Yeah. Um, what was the saying by Deng Xiaoping? Like, when you open the window, it gives you fresh air, but sometimes bugs will go in. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're going to keep the thing closed not to have fresh air because you're always afraid of bugs. It's, it's uh, obviously no policy is going to have 100% protection from it you know but um i just feel that their plan is idiotic because when they keep i i hear what you're saying with the you know political maneuvering but if you're continuing to bomb innocent people all you're doing is increasing animosity towards your your group because now europe i don't i don't like collateral damage but it's it's part of the war it it, it, will, it will of course happen I'm, I'm, i can't guarantee I'm, no one could guarantee that's not going to happen but it's unfortunate because we we made the situation made it possible for isil or isis to happen by destabilizing iraq yeah and well one of the biggest one is a couple of things like well even dumb guy like me could tell you right after uh winning the war against Iraqis, firing all the military personnel was not a good idea because you upset them, you dishonor them, these people had a job. Now once you fire them, you have all these people with military experience and weapon, what the fuck do you think they're going to do? You think they're going to start driving Uber and have a regular <laughs> job? That's a bad policy. And we put Maliki, a Shi'i, and because he was angry, he passed a policy that hurt Sunnis. And that created a reaction to that. So, and and, and I think that you overheard me talk about uh, with Andrew. I'm just repeating stuff that Dexter Falcons from New Yorker was talking about, which is intelligent agencies don't like sharing information. A lot of these things could have been prevented. 9-11 and the fact that President of, Prime Minister of Turkey said, hey, this guy, I don't remember the guy's name, um, I think he's a terrorist. You guys need to uh, interview him. Well, he is one of the attackers a couple of days ago, a week ago, whenever it was, and no one followed through that. So a lot, quite often we have a system set up where people just need to pay attention to their job. It just didn't happen, you know. 9-11, they caught those two guys from Malaysia who ended up becoming mastermind of... Um, part of the 9-11 uh, attack and CIA knew about it it's in the book Looming Tower but CIA never told FBI so uh, imagine every state in this country have different intelligence agency but they don't share information well the country's not safe well it's true in Europe the French are not talking to German or the French are not sharing information with German Germany is sharing it with Belgium on and on so I think terrorists know that that they're, they're that the way things are set up, it's it's it helps them, you know. 
But I why, why is it that guy could be on the run in Belgium for four months because the Kremlin are underground and they have a weak police force? They're not talking to each other. Belgium is divided by, you know, linguistically two different parts, right? The, the French fr- and the Fren- Dutch. Dutch, yeah, right. Flemish. So even in tiny countries, they're not talking to each other. So it's they have to figure a way to change it. They have they have smart people there, but if the if they're not working with each other, and I'm not smart enough to say how how to make that happen, I have no idea. Because we nine eleven should have never happened because they they weren't talking to each other. So I I don't know how you make that that's happen. Still, that still doesn't really answer my question, though. I mean, that's the defensive side of things, but I don't. What's the question? I don't understand how you said possibly that. They'll, they're thinking that we'll pass some type of foreign policy, um, anti-Islamic foreign policy that they can use in their rhetoric to um, recruit more members for the Islamic State. But I, that's kind of a risk to say, oh, we might kill all these innocent people and they might pass a law and we might be able to... How do, how do these terrorist attacks killing innocent people directly affect your policy? First of all, I have no, I, 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 I have no issue... Mm-hmm with targeted warfare for your cause game of thrones style right so if you want to go after our government fine bomb the white house bomb a government agency make I, a I message don't, i make, don't know but but killing innocent people it's like that I, doesn't do anything i don't know bomb uh, the government i don't know if 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 bomb our central bank i don't know if if this is the reason why they're doing it but i guess if you kill a bunch of innocent people then the voters would think only way we could stop these people from killing us is we voted out people in our government who are supporting going to war in Syria. That might be one of the thinking. Two, um, they might po- follow this policy that will make Muslims angry or put them in a dis- disadvantaged situation. Then the ISIS will use that as propaganda to try to recruit more people. That could be another possibility too. But if you have a war in the West, don't you think it's more... Don't you think it's more of a statement to like assassinate, you know, a major figure or do something? Why kill innocent people? That's that's. I'm not saying don't kill people. Or I mean, I, well, I'm saying don't kill anyone. I don't know if but killing the major person it'll be easy for um, terrorists. Though I'm sure they want to. So let's just kill random random people. It's like it doesn't. To me, it's not very strategic. To me, it's not very strategic. They need to watch more Game of Thrones and get a game plan on. <laughs> because this is like, what's the point of this? Just to cause chaos? I mean, I don't get it. Well, I think I think they're recruiting more because of it. And uh, what, You know, the part I don't understand is that um, 40% of fighters coming from Europe going to Syria to fight out of all the Europeans. And I, I read... I read that about 7,000 Europeans have gone to Syria to for, fight for the ISIS, ISIS to, to fight for ISIS. And they're European of Syrian descent? No. They're Europeans, but uh, they're Europeans. It could be uh, Moroccan living in the Netherlands that decide to go and fight for ISIS. But the four, so out of 40, 40% of 7,000, so about 3,000 or whatever, 2,800, those are converts. These are not, they're not, I don't think many of them are ethnically people from Muslim or Northern. So you're, you're like, how the heck are these people getting converted? 
Yeah. Um, well, I know why people from the, the, the regular Arab-looking Muslims... Because they feel discriminated. They feel like outsiders. They feel if they don't displaced. Think they, yeah, that all of those things I agree. I think if they don't think they have a future and they see this excitement and over in the Middle East, I think... You know, believe it or not, young men love sex. I th- would you, you would agree with that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> young men also love violence. That's why most of the fightings are done by young men. And I think... I think young men love the idea of violence and the idea of it. But let me tell you something. When you see some of the, for example, gang members in the U.S. who are former gang members with their legs cut off and mm-hmm. their arms shot off and they're in a wheelchair. It's yeah. not that glorious. It's not glorious, but... They the li- idea of it at first is glorious. Uh, uh, but they don't know that until they get there. You know, the fact is, <laughs> if you live in a shitty part of the world and you're Muslim, so you decide to go to fight, I understand, but 7,000 from Europe, and even if you're discriminated... Living in Europe is not that bad. <laughs> Europe is very nice. It's very, very nice. <laughs> and if you're going to tell me 40%, this is based on uh, Dexter, Dexter Falcon. He's an expert on that. 40% are converts. So what are they? Are they alienated? Yeah, may, maybe I'm sure there's a lot of that stuff too. But I've been alienated too. But I never feel like I need to grab a gun and go to war anywhere when I was a teenage kid. I was just... Or strap I on a bitch and wine, but or like, strap on a bomb to your body and go yeah, blow up hundred people. That. So, uh, you know, Dexter Falcons, all these smart people writing about it. I just know that um, I can't remember which country that uh, there's a lot of the, those uh, people are converting and going to fight. But at the end of the day, I, I do think young men like adventures and. They like, they like to fight and they probably like the idea of it. Now, whether they like forever, I'm sure they change their mind once, once they go to Syria and see people getting killed. But, you know, you make dumb mistakes when you're young. It's just I made different kind of dumb mistake, but not like that. That's a really big. Well, a lot of people do that just in America. You know, a lot of people join the military because they want to fight or defend their country. Sure. They get over there and see what's really going on or a buddy gets an arm blown off and all of a sudden fighting for your country doesn't seem that fun and adventurous anymore. Yeah, it's 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 not my um Or your or your best friend gets PTSD and you know snaps every time he hears fireworks and you're like, "Oh, maybe this isn't that, you know, honorable." But by the way, do do you know there's a one country even though they ha- they have uh, years of fighting war and things like that, but very little PTSD. You know which country that is? There's I'm sure there's a few other ones, but it's interesting. Well, it's definitely not Vietnam because I think we have like 40% PTSD. <laughs> Israel. Oh, I was going to guess that. Oh, I was going to guess that because I I have met a guy from the Israeli army and he was talking about something. I don't know. I was going to guess that. Oh, gosh darn it. Sebastian Younger talking about that. He basically said that um, when these guys leave war, come home. And everyone's required to be in the Israeli army. Yes. When they come, when Americans come home, they, uh, some of them experience PTSD because unlike Vietnam War, when you come back home on uh, tour, um, most Americans say thank you for your service. Stuff like, we learned that lesson, valuable lesson that, uh, you know, show appreciation. But the problem is 
even if they say thank you and appreciate what you did, if they're civilian, they have never served, myself included. But everyone in Israel has served, right? They don't know what they went through, and the people who just got back from fighting, they can't relate to someone who's never served. Whereas Israel, everyone has served, so you don't feel isolated. Men and women, everybody served just about, unless you're sick or something, or you had an exemption. What is it, every 18-year-old? Yeah, two years. Two even years. that, uh, oh, I can't even say her name, the, the gal that plays uh, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman. she yeah. served two years in Israeli defense. And I think Sebastian Anger explained that. that so the you, PTSD the, comes from the, the isolation? It's isolation and... The if, trauma plus isolation. Yeah, because a lot of them, even they lose their leg, you know how many times these guys say, I want to go back and fight because he missed his colleagues you know what i mean like these are like your it's a brotherhood so you want to be with them even if you lost an arm or leg they want to go and fight and this is these are the group of people that you could relate to because they know exactly what you're going through and you know what they were going through so sebastian younger theorized that the reason why they have so little ptsd in israel because everyone have served so when they say thank you and you know what they're going through what you're going through you could believe it. They know what you're going through because everyone went through it. You're not isolated like and the way... And you probably have a support system. Yeah. So um, so th- I think there's a huge disconnect with military. Well, what is the po- percentage of the population in the U.S. that has been active duty? It's like only 1% or 4%. It's a very small percent. Very small percent. It's like less than 10%, that. I think. So some people think like maybe it would be better off if you have a mandatory service or something like that. And if you would have told me 25 years ago when I was like 28 years ago, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> now that you're too old to serve, you're pro-mandatory service. But there's something to say about that. You know, like when Sebastian Younger was explained, like that, that makes a lot of sense to me, you know. Well, so, there's also an idea that because there's no draft in the U.S. anymore, that the military, un- it's kind of a tax on the poor in a way because typically people Poor, that's disproportionate number of fighting disproportionate yeah. because people go for the college you know credit um, the what is it VA loans and other things like that sure. people that can't afford to will go into service and it's disproportionately uh, more people who there are was low, a riot, low income there was a riot in New York City during American Civil War where rich or exempt if pay enough money people with no money were angry because they have to go and serve what they're true they have to serve you know so that was an issue but um but fighting's always been generally speaking it's always been fought by the poor people just like most of the boxers are from poor income demographic you don't see too many upper class people want to go and box and get punched in the face you know <laughs> that's just <laughs> seriously it's the boxing even though they call it the gentleman's fight whatever the sweet science whatever that was in like 1800 you know oscar Wilde was a boxer but really these days how many one percenters descend him golf fight professionally you golf know? or tennis yeah <laughs> Those are predominantly white white sports. Golf, you know? tennis, or swimming. Yeah, or uh, events, uh, chess, or go, or whatever you want to play. But yeah, it's it's that's what it comes down to. But anyway, or trading stocks. <laughs> um, that's a sport. <laughs> yeah. So everyone, th- um, I, I guess we should stop because it's about an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes. I mean, it, it's just like last time, like it go all over the place. I don't even know why people listen to. Um, don't listen to Yoshi. This is a great and interesting podcast. And don't send me mean tweets about the illegal immigration thing. Yoshi took my comments. Out of- <laughs> it's 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 e- it's easy for me to say that because um, f- funny things. Uh, the population declining Europe. 
And most of the Syrian, unlike like places like Afghanistan, literacy rates are very high in Syria. So in the long run, Germany is going to benefit from these well-educated, uh, good citizens. And, you know, I don't know if you heard me, but Putin, Putin and the Russians are in Syria. They're leaving now, but they were destabilized the place, kill a group of people who are against uh, Assad. So that way, all the illegal, uh, those refugees are going to Europe, and, he, and, and that will destabilize Europe. It really is. The refugee crisis is different. I did hear you say that. The refugee crisis in Europe is different than, I think, illegal immigration in America because it's a dire situation in Syria. Yes, but I, I think Putin's doing it because he want to fuck with the Europeans because Europeans are very angry with him doing U- Ukraine, uh, partial Ukrainian territory. Are there, are there over. still sanctions because the because of the Ukrainian um, I'm sure I think that they put sanctions on him but when he got his face involved with Syria everybody had to talk to him right I'm going to call him Roose Bolton from now because that picture is so similar yeah Roose Putin <laughs> even, I mean, I mean, even Bolton and Putin kind of sound similar I, I just think that's, that's a smart politic by Putin it's not good for the world peace but by putting his duty finger all over Syria, they know that if they want to have peace in Syria, they have to negotiate with Russia. It gave him a bargaining chip a and, piece. And, and, tore, and occupy part of Ukraine and, and Russian people, even though he's doing some dirty shit, Russia have a different criteria for being a good, effective leader, which is strength. You, they know he assassinate and kill people. They know that. Look at him. You think you think Cruz is vampire? Look at him. My God. But they, Russians love strength and they have a proud history and he's bringing a lot of pride back to their country. But I just think Russia have a bigger issue. Unemployment, corruption. Um, but his numbers are really... I mean, I don't know if it's because their media is more filtered than ours. Our media is He's a very shit popular. storm. He's very popular. Very He's like popular. an 80% approval or something very, like that. Very powerful. And People love Putin yeah, in Russia. Because Russians don't care about liberty and democracy and justice. They want strength. And ethics. <laughs> they want strength. And he, he has a lot, of, a lot of, of it. But um, the population is uh, shrinking. Alcoholism is... Uh, you know, high, and even though when they have a money my, uh, financial crisis, one thing Putin will not allow the price of vodka to go up. This is true. This is a policy he had. Make sure the uh, vodka price doesn't go up. And you know, he, he. So what does he do? He gives government sub- subsidies to the vodka companies, or he's going to give those companies a hard time if they do such a dumb things. He had people get killed. Let's be honest. Look at him. So it's it's a smart, part. but in the long run, is it good for Russia? No. Free market will make more money for the country. More money means they, they, they can increase their population. I mean, they're right next to China, you know. Um, well, they have a lot of domestic problems, but right now, I think he's very popular because he's doing some really tough, cold-hearted things in the Middle East and Europe. And very Bolton. Bold. I just hope they don't have, uh, um, who's the, his psycho son? Oh, uh, Ramsey. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> people that don't watch Game of Thrones are like, what are these people talking, talking about? about? <laughs> Let's finish it with this. So are you expi- excited about the season six of, of Game of Thrones? I'm very excited. I saw some 
preview stuff on YouTube and some predictions from certain YouTube videos that I watch, and I'm ready. I'm ready for uh, Sansa just to rise, for Queen Elizabeth to rise. Who, who's your favorite uh, characters? In, name f- three or four favorite characters and, and three or four you hate. Uh, my favorite characters are, of course, Peter Baelish. <laughs> of course. Sansa Stark, Arya. In those order? Oh, Baelish is my number. First of all, can I just say that the first four or five seasons... I did not care about the Pe- first three seasons. I didn't care about Peter Baelish at all. What changed? He was so sneaky in the first three seasons that he was almost invisible. And once you realize that he orchestrated the war, the entire war, and how intelligent it was him, it was uh, it was him uh, the whole time. Yeah, he. I think you gave me the metaphor actually of um, those bitchy girls that whisper mean things into each other's ears. To make other people fight. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what he does. He's very intelligent. Yes. Um, real know, politic. Yes. All, he, I think he's the one that's playing the real Game of Thrones. He's playing the actual game. He's using intelligence and cunning to manipulate people. Do you, do you know who uh, is probably equal to his skill, uh, political maneuvering? The bald guy, Varys. Varys, yes. Yes. In fact, Varys... Have more spy net. His spy network is slightly bigger than Peter Baelish for sure. Probably bigger because Peter Baelish's um, brothels were destroyed by the um, that religious order. Um, you know, some of my least favorite. Those two characters- are very interesting because Varys doesn't have balls and testic. I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> so he doesn't have a desire. And Peter Baelish, brothel owners, he knows the people's weakness. One way or another, he knows he has things over people's head, blackmailing. That's his strength, you know. And I like um, Marjorie's uh, grandmother. Yes, Oriana. Oriana. Uh, some of my least favorite characters are. Uh, I guess I guess you like Tyrion as well. I like Tyrion, but he's not in my top favorite. Okay. Um, I think that okay. My least favorite character of is Ramsay Bolton because I think he is very one note he's not three-dimensional he's all about torture 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 to be honest kind of boring yeah my second least favorite character is the boy toy that daenerys targaryen uh takes to her bedroom oh yeah he's so boring so boring and not that attractive um i don't know why he's like the hot boy toy um and then well hold on a second hold on a second all right, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm back. So what were you saying last? We've we got to finish soon. I don't remember, but I... Your least favorite people, um, Ramsey Bolton? You know, why am I blanking on her name? The, 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 um, she's the lead main character, Lannister. Cersei? Cersei. Cersei's boring. She's not intelligent, just, just like her dad told her. He said, you're not as smart as you think you are. She is rash. She's, she's smart enough to be dangerous because she's, of the bad decisions. Yeah, but she just she's not as smart as she thinks she is, and she's not playing the game correctly. The game. I think her father was good at playing the game. Oh, absolutely. I think her father was very, very intelligent. When he, when he died, it opened opportunity for everybody to go against Lannister. Now. Yeah. So she she doesn't know how to play the game. So she's one of my least favorite characters, not because she's, you know, uh, kind of conniving or whatever. It's because she doesn't play the game correctly. I think Sansa's learning to play the game, and I like I like that. I can't wait to see her kind of get a little bit dark and evil. I'm sick of her little goody two-shoes 
No, she, you, Victim you, act. You definitely saw her change. She's twisted. When her aunt got murdered by Peter Baelish and he, she started playing that game. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. She started playing the game. So I, I like Game of Thrones because I like the game. I like watching the chess pieces move. I like watching people connive and manipulate and make little things and make little pieces move and twist and turn. You know, the reason I think Cersei is such an idiot is because she allowed the religious or she's like going to get killed by these religious people. She should have seen that she was putting herself. in Yeah. It's like, hello. It's you don't. We already know how crazy religious, super religious people are. So to me, she's she's an idiot. Any ruler knows that one of the scariest things you have to deal with is people who, who actually have principle and actually believe in something. They're dangerous because even... Extremist beliefs. Yeah, because even even a threat of death will not change their position. And that's really scary for them. You know? Well, what's even scarier that a threat of death will not change their position is that logic, reasoning, and fact won't change their position. Mm-hmm. In fact, there are scientific studies that show... People that have very strong beliefs like that, even if you show them facts, facts to, uh, in their face, contrary to what they contrary believe, to what they'll believe, the facts mm-hmm. actually make them cling to their beliefs even stronger. But religions is not based on facts; it's based on faith, and you just believe or you don't believe in it. So it's not like you could have scientific explanation like Jesus doesn't exist. You know, you just can't. You either believe or you don't. And cricket got called the leaf of faith. You know, you just. So when you're dealing with people like that, how do you argue? You just don't. I don't want to argue with somebody believing something. If they're Muslim, they're Muslim. Or if they're a sci- member of Scientology, they believe in it. You know. I remember I was at the, the Little Tokyo Library a couple of weeks ago. Um, the the the, the uh, there was a guy promoting a book. Why am I blanking? Larry Lan- uh, Barry Lancet. He wrote. He's American, living in Japan. Wrote three mystery thrillers in japan he's selling a third book first one was uh, optioned by jj abram so we became friends twitter account we finally met but the guy who was in charge of running that um show at the little tokyo library he he was living in japan for 15 years promoting christianity and then uh, i was telling him like oh that's interesting because the first white people i met are mormons and this white protestant or presbyterian whatever the seven day Adventist, one of those now religious a guy, he said, like, well, you gotta understand, Mormons are not really Christians, right? And whenever people say stuff like, it always makes me laugh because it's one superstitious group of people making fun of another superstitious group of people, right? Like, I mean, but, uh, I'm not gonna argue with them because they believe. So, like, I'm not, I'm not when gonna. I, but, but not only that, the danger of belief, there's a power of belief and a danger of belief. There's a, the side to both coins. And I'm not just talking about religious beliefs. You can have a belief, for example, a cultural belief, like in India, they mm-hmm. have a cultural belief that, you know, you're probably going to make a joke, but that women are, are below men. Yeah. And that's causing a lot of problems right now because... Sure, all the terrible... Uh, all the rapes and, rapes wo- women and women are, are getting educated. Murdered and burned and acid thrown into their faces. Exactly. Yeah. So when I talk about be- the danger of belief, you know, religion is just one example, but there are people out there that are atheists that have very strong beliefs one way or the other about certain things in their life, whether it's culture or society or whatever. And they're so brainwashed by their belief that it doesn't matter how many facts you show them, they will still cling to that belief. And those people you need to kill. (laughs) Well, that's 80% of people. (laughs) I'm not joking. I mean, some people are just too old. They believe they're too old. They believe in those terrible ideas. You can't reason with them. That's why when you look at dollar bill back of it, you see a bold eagle 
one one claw is holding olive branch, another one holding thirteen arrows for that thirteen original colony, and that eagle's facing the olive branch because whenever there's a problem, when you're dealing with people or a group of people or country or whatnot. We hope we do the right thing by trying to talk and negotiate and, and offer uh, olive branch first. But they still have the uh, arrows. <laughs> but if they, if that doesn't work out, then you got to kill the fucker. That's what it comes down to. I mean, I like to reason with people, but sometimes there are groups of people that you just can't reason. And so we have to kill them. The fear Yoshi. <laughs> but like some people need to be killed because that they don't understand anything beside that. And I don't have a... Once, I mean, how do you, how do you, in, if you give enough time, I think you could even change places like Afghanistan because my friend Samad Saini with the TV show, even last 15 years, added to have changed even places in like Afghanistan. Granted, it's very slow change, but it can change. So I'm hoping in the long run, people change and behave better and civilize, whatever that means. But there's others will never change, and they're going to try to do something about it. And those, you just have to kill them. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, I don't feel bad to saying that. There are some people deserve to be killed because, uh, you know, I guess we should end it by. <laughs> some people, deser- some people try to, deserve try to, to be, be killed. Yes. Yoshi Obayashi. We try to reason with them, and after a while, they don't change their ways, and they're making people's lives miserable. Then I don't know what to tell you. You have to kill them. <laughs> you okay. have to kill them. And that's the podcast. <laughs> that's uh, Obayashi 2016. So anyway, um, <laughs> Rosie, I'm going to try to finish that book, uh, American Girls by Nancy so- Nancy Joe Sale, I think is her name. And uh, it looks like a very interesting read. So as soon as I'm done, I'll bring the book. You read it. We'll go over it. And then uh, we'll talk about it. And that'll be end of that. And maybe Aiko will do a podcast in between. But thanks for doing it. Uh, that was fun. Always fun talking with you. About random stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were that conservative about immigration. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank, <laughs> I, I thank you. And, and um, no, I just look. Sometimes when I meet someone that they don't have the same position, I think they're wrong, but that doesn't mean that uh, they don't have a right to have that position because I could very well be wrong too. Sometimes pe- even good people don't agree, but uh, what are you, you going to do? I just have to kill them. <laughs> All right, Rosie, uh, you want to tell them one more time your podcast and we'll get out of here? Sure. Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. It's the only Out of the Box Podcast, I think. I think there's one more, but it's like a radio music thing. And then uh, follow me on Twitter at Funny Rosie. All right guys thanks for listening and uh this was uh, episode 148 and maybe there's one or two more part of it for 148 but after that 149 me talking for an hour and 150 saying goodbye to you guys thanks talk to you guys soon